0: Listener Production. Triple M Summer of Cricket. An exclusive interview with Travis Head for QuickBooks Online. Hit your business goals for six and save 29 hours of admin a month. Search QuickBooks Online today.
1: Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Adam Peacock here with you today. Brad Haddon and also Elisa Healy. In transit, going to various parts of the world. So they'll be back with us in time. But we've got a very special guest joining us shortly, Aussie batter Travis Head. Thanks to QuickBooks Online, of course. A bit to talk to with Trav about the first test, the World Cup and everything else. And then later in the show, producer Sam's going to come in with myself. We're going to have a look at the best opening tests of the summer. And we've got a time parameter on it, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, Thanks to everyone who's given us a rating and a review on the various podcast platforms. Keep it up. Helps grow the show. Great way to get in touch as well so more the merrier willow talk will also be recapping every day of the test summer plus our regular shows and chat with trav so i've got you well and truly covered this coming summer which pretty much officially gets underway with the start of the first test always the way the men's first test and travis head thanks to quickbooks online joins us right now trav welcome uh, how are we feeling nice and freshened up ahead of uh, the red ball stuff on the way now
0: yeah, feeling fresh and ready. Yeah. Test match tomorrow, which is, is snuck up on us a little bit and I think the vibe and the energy, it's um, we're definitely working off that and the, the guys that are in the group, it's um we're getting it's easier to go to training at the moment and there's a great vibe around things with obviously what we're able to achieve in the World Cup and the Perth uh, locals and everyone around have been very uh, up and about. So it's been a positive vibe which is good.
1: No Red Bull games since uh since the World Cup. So what do you need to do? Uh, to flick into test mode, or is it pretty easy to to go back to the bank that you've accrued over the last twelve months or so?
0: Yeah, just uh, spent some time. I had um, one centre wicket at the wacker, batted horrifically a couple of days ago, um, <laughs> and then uh, awesome. Yeah, and then yesterday felt really good. So spent about an yeah. hour in the nets, just about trying to get let the ball come just slightly closer to me. Try not to obviously in the in the white ball stuff. You're trying to. Be really positive and hit it hard and and be quite aggressive on it and yeah keeping that same sharp mind but letting the ball just slightly come and I reckon by the end of the net I felt felt really good so stay fresh today have a pretty chilled day and yeah then just take the excitement into tomorrow but yeah just trying to to lower um, lower everything with a bat lower the energy a little bit and um, let the ball come a little bit closer and um, I
1: should be fine so what, that centre wicket, I'm presuming it was at the wacker, you thought you were still in Ahmedabad in a World Cup final, <laughs> were you, and batting accordingly?
0: Uh, slightly. Uh, slightly aggressive on on the bowling and uh, a little bit of a naughty pitch. So um, the red ball moving around a little bit more than uh, the white one. So um, it just takes time. I think there's a lot of factors in that. It's your first day back on the job, first day seeing the boys, there's so much excitement and running around and eagerness to get into it. So you're batting and you're going a million miles an hour and you're like, how cool is this? We're back. The boys are back. How good was everything? Uh, How's everyone been going at home? And And then you're like, oh, i have put pads on. I'm trying to face um, Hoff and Baz and and Mitchie Marsh. And I'm going, yeah, just trying to cane it everywhere and excited. So um, after a couple of days on deck here and just relaxing a little bit, yeah, yesterday was much better.
1: Lance Morris wasn't out there trying to prove uh, what a man he is as well and bowling at 167 kilometres an hour.
0: He was, but Mitch Marsh had him. So, And you'd, oh. think that, you'd think that Perth boys would look after each other. He certainly didn't. So um, <laughs> I think Lance only knows one gear, and I think I've seen the same yesterday in the Nets. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it at some point. Um, no doubt in the near future, we'll, I think everyone will get to see that in, in-game scenario. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's naughty in the Nets at the minute.
1: Just with your prep as well, I heard Marnus on the opening night of the BBL, which he was playing, he was on the mic, and, and Howie asked him, oh, mate, how do you prep for a test match? And he goes, look, I like to have two, two-and-a-half-hour blocks, um, a day in between, but like really knuckle down. That seems like a long time in the nets. Uh, it's something that doesn't do your preparation any any great, uh, great benefit, or is that just Marn being his own man?
0: It's a it's a long time for Michael Divinuto to be throwing balls as well in the in the heat over here. So um, it's been a weary it's a weary coaching group coming into today. I think they've, got, they've had a couple of really big days. It's been quite hot as well. So no, but for me, it's like I would I'm going to now not go to training today and just take the the optional and 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 stay fresh and and, and just chill out. We got a couple of meetings, um, try and go have a breakfast and a coffee and just relax. So, but if I didn't feel like I was ready yesterday, then I'd be going to training today. So. Yeah, I, I felt like my last 45, I had an hour hit yesterday, which was one of the long, longer ones that I'd have. And I was contemplating going back into the nets in after training and, and topping up again for another like quick 15, 20. But by the, the last 30, 40, 45 minutes of batting, I felt really in control. felt really good, um, really sharp. So that the sort of things for me. And also with batting with my hand at the moment, with trying to stay away from back-to-back batting days. So, yeah, so I'll just chill today and get ready for the test match.
1: Chay and Shydefredi, he's their their main guy, obviously the the leader of their their attack, and I, I dare say, whoever else they put next to him in a pace situation will be thinking Travis Head. Let's give him some short stuff, especially on a bouncy wicket. Ready for that? How do you get your head around that?
0: I foresee it being um, not as not like the Ashes, but um, definitely at some point through his tempos, um, no different to last ten years of my career. It'd be I think they'll try and get me out, pitch it up, um, trying to use the extra pace and bounce and um, and whatever ball movement there is over the whole three test matches. If I sort of get myself set through 30, 40, 50, 60 runs, then that shift might change. And that's no different to the plans you go through in shield cricket. You work through A, B, C, and D. If I'm batting well, then, yeah, there's no doubt at some, some stage they might go there, but also completely different over here than it is in England. So true bounce, um, consistent bounce, yeah a bit quicker but you can really back the wicket here and, and but also it's, it's it's sneaky hot so from my side of things if they do go to that it may not mean a huge amount of runs or quick runs or whatnot but if I can um soak up some time put some put some overs into the boys while the uh, ball and bounces then it was definitely going to help our our middle to lower order in the back end and then our and then our second innings as well so yeah same approach for me.
1: So you take the time for a team meeting that you guys would have had. I don't know if you've had your big team meeting. I don't know how you structure it. You say you've got a bowlers one today. But say you're all in, everyone's sitting in a room, this is our plan to attack Pakistan. What would you say the percentage is of having a look at their strengths? And they've got some strengths. They've got a pretty solid looking top five for for starters. And looking at your side of the fence and, and how you guys want to go about it.
0: Yeah, I think as a team we talk about ourselves a lot um, and what we want to see from a from a, from a playing group. and how we want the vibe and how we want the energy and how we want to communicate with each other and, and how we want to play with each other. And then it's more the strategy group of the of the leaders within the group with the coaching staff, which has obviously been talked about through the World Cup, which come out more around the final and on how that process is. And I don't think a lot of people knew that until around then is that the leaders of the group with the coaching staff sit down and not so and it's not the whole group. And then those conversations get relayed through the bowling chat tonight and a few different things. The batters have already caught up. We've already done our stuff. So then, yeah, you break off in your groups, but in terms of individual plans, the sort of the leaders of the group run that, and then um, and they get filtered through. But yeah, they've definitely got a, a very settled lineup. We've spoken about that from one to seven. That's very, very settled. Has been for a period of time, and and then the bowling is a little bit up for debate on who. But throughout, they, yeah, they have had a lot of experience in Australia, so we have gotta make sure that we uh, we start well. They've obviously had some prep in here, so yeah, it's exciting. Uh, exciting test match with. The unknowns, I guess, and I think that's what
1: brings the beauty of it. David Warner, has anyone dared to in the team meeting room? I don't know, maybe cut out a couple of articles written by Mitch Johnson and stick them up on the wall and put some highlighted words on it? Or has he been the the bull?
0: Yeah, I think um, watching. Uh, we did a media. We, what did we do media uh, a couple of days ago? And when you answer these questions, you just and and as a as a as a teammate as well, you want to be consistent through everyone's. Thinking And it's not us going in and going, okay, we're all going to answer it a certain way. So I was really interested after it to go, oh, I hope I hit the money on, on what I said. And it's quite funny that I think the six of us that went there said the same thing, that he doesn't need any motivation, that he has gone through his whole career probably getting whacked a few times here and there. He's obviously had an exceptional career and he's done it for such a long time that, yeah, he's not going to need any added motivation. And it has been funny. He's probably been his best prep that I've ever seen in Test cricket. He's, um, He's batting well, he's been catching, he's had energy. Um, he's had a calmness about him, which is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure. So I think uh, that calmness means that someone's going to someone's gonna cop something over the next five days and hopefully that's the bowlers.
1: <laughs> we'll wait and see. I mean, there's been so much. And it's always the way, isn't it, Trav? With, with a big event, you see it with with footy games, you see it with other big sporting events, that the, the time leading up to something needs to be filled in with a bit of noise and this has certainly been the noise going in. Now, I don't know what it does in terms of filtering through under doorways and through the hallways there at the team hotel, but from what I can tell outside looking in, it doesn't really affect much because you're all pretty comfortable in your own skin and you've done this before.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it wouldn't be a series without something rolling into the first test. That's been the case. I think well, every every series we could, we could probably go through them and, and, and there's been something that's come out leading in that's Try to ruffle feathers or create conversation, and yeah, that's the caper. That's what needs to be done. Um, we get that, and I think it's always a nice thing when the first ball is being bowled and we're running mm-hmm. in, and it can all be uh, done for a little bit, and then the conversations around okay, who got runs and who didn't get runs. So it's it's the same, yeah, process every every test series, um, home or away. So it's fine. Everyone's experienced enough to get on with it.
1: Mitch Marsh came out and said that you two have thrived under the the kind of if you want to call it a relaxed captaincy of pat cummins but i'd call it a almost like a don't add any more stress for the sake of it captaincy what about his leadership has brought out the best in you yeah i said
0: that, i said that yesterday as well that i think that yeah we're we've been the probably the better two products of the environment that's been uh, yeah and i wouldn't say it's always more relaxed or the approaches and look i've always some been someone who's wanted to get better and wanted to listen to every coaching staff that I've played under, and, I, and I'm still learning and, and talking with these coaches, it's just a different style. It's a style that has obviously worked for me. It's a style that I enjoy. So I do need positive reinforcement. I do need guidance and, and technique help and um, game awareness help sometimes, and just working through them. But majority of it is left up to me, which is what I love. I, I love to be natural. I love to go out and play. I think Mitch is the same. He wants to see it a certain way. I think now is a now is a testing point because we've been able to do it for a period of time. And I think the expectation is that tomorrow, if we're batting first and me and Mitch walk out the bat, that it's going to be pin the ears back. But it's not always that. And I understand that. I've always talked about that balancing act and, and, and trying to sit on that tightrope and look, if I play a bad shot tomorrow, I'll be criticized and that's okay. But yeah, hopefully it's calm, consistent, and it is what it's been for the last uh, couple of years. But. When you start getting a reputation, especially me and Mitch, um, obviously sometimes being able to pin the ears back and taking the game on, that reflects well on the whole group. That Marnus, um, Smudge, Davey and us who are above us and, um, and the group and the coaching staff. But, yeah, it's definitely enjoyable and it's definitely nice to go out in a relaxed uh, a relaxed vibe and a consistent vibe. And when you've done the hard work and you're relaxed, amazing things happen.
1: World Cup. So your algorithm on your YouTube Search does it automatically just assume that you are going to go back to the the highlights of a certain innings in the World Cup final and it's it's there front and center because it's been watched in your household about forty seven times, or have you ignored it, let it go and haven't watched it?
0: Forty seven times is generous, Um way more than that.
1: <laughs> no, um, yeah, oh,
0: yeah, it, it, it's no, I've watched it, no doubt. I, th- I found a few times like, oh, and I'll do it tonight probably. I'll probably I probably won't watch that, but maybe watch a couple of Test innings. YouTube's the easiest thing to go on, obviously, but yeah. Before I go to bed at night, I've I consistently watched good stuff, like whether it be a hundred at the Gabba or in one day cricket. I didn't have too much to watch for a little bit. Um, now I have, so which is nice. But yeah, I, I think it's nice to go go to bed on the night before with positive uh, vibes. And I don't do it all the time, but there's either I'm going really really poorly and I need a bit of pick me up, or I'm going. I yep. feel like I'm going really really good, and okay. Instead of trying to go out and try and play every shot, what are the things I've done well in those innings that I've done well in, and where have I hit the ball, and how have I hit the ball, and what's it look like, and and then it just draws you back into okay, you're going well, but remember the time when you played this innings or that innings and how you felt and what you did. So it's probably the only sort of prep that I do now in terms of my um, in terms of my batting and and whatnot. Have a look, a little look at the bowlers, but you've played everyone mo- more most times like this Pakistan team I've played against majority of the guys who I think I'll play against so and I played well against him in, in Pakistan one day career so i probably watch a little bit of that tonight on, on where I hit the ball yeah. and how I hit the ball and, and then go to bed and
1: wake up fresh yeah go to bed happy so I don't wake up angry that's a, yeah. probably a, a good way to be yeah. Um, so Uzi and Nathan Lyon weren't there out of the Test 11 so are they like when you go, oh, I remember when we did this at the celebration, blah, 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 and they're sitting in the back of the bus saying, oh, no, this again, far out. Are any FOMO from their point of view or they're happy to kind of just let you guys go because it was so good? Yeah, there would be a little bit probably. Yeah,
0: there's obviously, yeah, you got drawn together. So the one-day group, yeah, we, we may have played a little bit more golf together, a few more dinners together, the vibe's high. So, but, yeah, I'm not sure. We haven't really spoken about that, to be honest. Um, I can imagine yeah, now, now, now I'm thinking about it, we're probably – been carrying all the like buffoons for the last three or four days, <laughs> telling stories and uh, doing sporties. And those probably guys are sick of listening to us. So, um, not saying I'd thought about actually.
1: A couple more from Mitch Marsh here as well. He said, You were entering flog territory by wearing his medal for 24 uh, 7 for about a week after the final. Did you, He was, sorry, he was entering flog uh, territory, not your good self, by wearing his medal so much. Did you get that close? And he also said that his medal. He's called it Pete Murray because it's seen better days. Is yours? Uh, what kind of shape is yours in?
0: No, mine's good. Once uh, I don't think uh, I haven't worn it again since uh, Vizag when the uh, yeah the boys uh, I went into T twenty mode. So um, obviously, yeah, I enjoyed the the three two or three days post uh, the World Cup. And um, could but say once, that yeah. But once <laughs> um, once we got in the T 20s like it was important for me to obviously play well and, and prepare well. So yeah, that was it. Was locked in the it was locked in the in the corner of the bag for the rest. It's it's now at home. But yeah, Mitch Mitch took it on a on a world tour of Perth. He was on a, I think I I've never seen a man sit on a boat longer for five or six days. So <laughs> every time I spoke to him he was on another boat, which we got to experience a couple of days ago. Mitch took us out in the out on his boat a few days ago and I, I've been to Perth for ten years and I've I've never never really ventured out much from where we stay and which is going a little bit disappointing. But to go out and have a have a have a whack of golf and go out in a boat. It was um, it was beautiful. I can see why he did it for so long.
1: Fair enough. So it was only two or three days because there was now that infamous photo of you looking like the weekend at Bernie's, walking back in after a, after a heavy session and everything like that. But I mean, these are these are moments that you don't get to celebrate too hard too often. So you uh, you went hard. You went hard at the ball. <laughs> put it that way. I
0: was uh, yeah yeah. There was uh, there was a fair bit of intent there. <laughs> And I think I won. Yeah, I may have won the intent battle on the field, and I gave it a nudge off of it. But um, I, yeah, I got caught up in yeah. There's some things that I'd like to do differently. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty relaxed character and a pretty and a bit of a chiller. And um, I do like um, good company. I do like to enjoy things, and I think I think you've got to enjoy things. Um, some things I would like to do a touch differently over those three or four days. I've probably stitched myself up a little bit. It creates conversation. Um, some people will like it, some people won't, but at the end of the day, yeah. A little bit of emotion and, and, and caught up in the in the whole yeah, it was pretty overwhelming, the whole situation. But if that's the if that's the worst thing I ever do, then so be.
1: Well, mate, you're not going to get a holier-than-thou kind of uh, lecture from my good self because I would have done exactly yeah. the same thing, not that I'm capable of doing anything that necessitates the need to go and <laughs> celebrate in kind in a sporting sense. But, mate, um, yeah, do your best. I would like to bring up Jess here though, because she was actually there and, you know, like – so has she now said, right, uh, you've done your best there, I'm in credit now, I deserve – Certain things over this Australian Test summer, like an upgrade to the suite if you're staying as a family somewhere, and and all of that, because that's uh, that's the stuff of Sainthood there from from a good self.
0: Yeah, I've got uh, I'm been on the best behaviour. I've got a fair bit of catching up to do, obviously with. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, got a couple of nice Christmas presents sorted. I'm looking forward. I, well, I, I look forward to get home. Yeah, the, the the emotion and everything, and the the situation of it all. Yeah, it was pretty overwhelming. I'm not used to that sort of environment. I'm not used to. Literally, I have pulled one out of the hat on the biggest stage um, in the world and a billion things going this way and the other and I would have liked to do it a little bit differently and spend a little I probably should have spent a little bit time, more time with the girls and celebrate at the time and um, they were there and we did and yeah it was uh, it was nice to get home and spend three or four days with them and um, and celebrate that and Miller won't remember too much of it but yeah I'm looking forward to, to Melbourne this uh, this year she can run around the G this time and, and those are the things that I'm really looking forward to yeah it's going to be a great uh, great summer we're still riding off the high of that I think and but yeah, I had some
1: making up to do. Well, mate, when Miller gets to school, she's got the best ever show and tell when she goes in in year two or three or whatever it is, the news, when they try to develop their social uh, speaking skills and all that. So you just give her that and go go and tell the story of that particular it, uh, occasion, which yeah. It has also put you in the shop window too, not that you weren't in it for the IPL. Um, quick one on that, mate, about uh, hopes there and, and thoughts that uh, you could be spending a couple of months and putting an extension on the house because of it in <laughs> with the auction coming up
0: oh i'm looking forward to being done and dusted and and, and just knowing now i guess mm. during the world cup uh, i was pretty open about yeah i'm I'm pretty keen to try and get back involved in a competition i think it's an unbelievable competition I haven't been there for a, a period of time now and, and and when i was there i was i was a bit younger and, and didn't really know my own blueprint or the way i wanted to go about it and got caught into the the Coley Davilia's Gale Show and uh, at RCB and, and and just a bit starstruck and would have loved to have done things a, a touch differently. So I feel like I'm, my game's ready now to also perform and play well and play a role for a team. And and then yeah, obviously the, the back end of that World Cup is, I think um, yeah, I hope I uh, get a couple of bids. I, I just hope I'm there. I'm hoping I'm hope I'm in a good environment. But yeah, the amount of chat that's been over that over the last two or three weeks has been been crazy. So try not to get to uh, up and about, about it or two over one about it. Mm. It's nice that there's a test match now. I can bunk it down and and get on with it. But yeah, come to nine, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's um, it's it's new for me. There's a few guys here that are involved in that. Obviously, Camo and, and Starkey. So, um, there might not be any sweets left down at in Melbourne when we get there because those two might have already got them. So, um, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting time because it's so unknown and. There's so many hypotheticals of where you can be and what you're going to be, and and the big question around how much you're going to be. So, look, I don't, yeah, don't bite too much into it. Um, been in the situation before where it's gone really well or it hasn't gone well. So, um,
1: let's see. Well, mate, these are all kind of little. Um yeah, little flow-ons from putting yourself in the position and so much work has gone in, no doubt, with your, your own career and your own thought process to get into a position like this as the absolute standout number five for Australia. Go well in the test series. Pumped to see you you do well again and uh, whatever flows on from that elsewhere in the world will be. Trav, thanks for joining us, mate. Have a good one. Nah, thank you. Looking forward to the week. Cheers. Good stuff. Uh, that was Travis Head. Thanks to QuickBooks Online. Back in a sec with our favourite first test of the summer. So that was Travis Head, uh, Sam Ferris, producer extraordinaire of Willow Talk, with our other regular combatants <laughs> in this studio. Hey, where are they? Else, <laughs> elsewhere. Um, heads, I don't know where in Australia is he. Somewhere. Yeah. And at least there is probably somewhere over uh, I don't know that really turbulent part, just northwest of <laughs> um, Australia right now, as you're listening to this. Um, Travis, yeah, it's interesting. The the thing I took out of that with Trav is the fact that he he, he needs happy thoughts the night yeah. before a match sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting way of going about it
2: and refreshing that you hear an athlete talk about their process mm. like that I um, mean why wouldn't you why mm. wouldn't you go back and watch the times you just belted the shit out of all these opponents <laughs> and he's done it so often uh, he makes cricket look really easy and test cricket is fucking hard so good on Trav uh, great
1: chat what about the fact that now he's become a bit of a cult hero as well, I and mean, yeah. it's something that's on social media in the last forty-eight hours about he's going to have some well, Travis Head lookalikes in the outer <laughs>
2: yeah. in Perth. Yeah, Moe's and Sonny's on the on the West Hill, I think it's called the West Test Hill over there. So the
1: petrol station Sonny's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, there's another and the magic Yeah, shot.
2: incredible. I mean, he sort of he sounded like he still can't really believe it.
1: Hmm.
2: Right, he just said he pulled one out in the biggest game of his life. What an integral part to the team he is now as well, like. Yeah, He's great. And I know he said about the fans want to see Mitch Marsh and Travis had tea Off and they walk at it together. Yeah. Everyone wants to see it.
1: Exactly. Please do it. Exactly, like <laughs> 150 in a session from each of them. Easy. Yeah, and Trav, thanks to QuickBooks Online, will be joining us throughout the summer as well. We're going to get his intel yep. on uh, everything that's going to go down. But now we're going to have a look at the fact that the opening test of the summer is here, mm-hmm. and we're going to look back at some of our more memorable opening tests of the summer and pick our favourites. Now, traditionally it's always been Gabba, but yep. it has twisted obviously – since the schedule has become so packed in the last decade. Um, But we've picked our top five. We had to set a limit. We're not going all the way back to when Fred Spothoff was um, (laughs) doing his thing back in the day. Yeah. We set the parameter of, Okay, last time Pakistan won a test match in Australia, which was 1995, 9495 Yeah. That's a fair old sample size that we got to work yeah. with here for our favourite opening tests. And we want you to let us know your favourites on social media as well. So we'll put it out on social media in due time. But, uh, Sammy, like, we're, we're going to start with some honourable mentions. Yeah. So you got your top five? I got my top five. Yeah. It was
2: tough. It, was, it tough. was tough. And I'd been to some of these games. Mm. So, you know, I've got a bit of a... An affection for those games, but you look back. One thing I noticed, though, Adam was there weren't many close games. There's a couple, there's a couple, but you look down the list. Australia innings 175 runs, yeah, yeah, 150 yeah. innings 156 runs, 379 runs, 277 runs. That's just four years in a row. Well, that's uh, why the Gabba got in, the
1: yeah. name of the didn't exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. of those there, like uh, back to '95, all the way through until. Uh, 2012, 13, or 2013, 14. It was at the Gabba, apart from one, which was um Zimbabwe, and I'll I'll chuck that in as yeah. my first honourable mention because that was when, uh, Haydos, uh, yeah, Matt Hayden smashed him. Went bananas, three hundred and eighty against the poor old Zimbabwe <laughs> outfit. I will say that, and this was in October. That one, Zimbabwe did hang around for a bit and made it interesting. Yeah, because Australia batted for so long. What they were eight for seven thousand and forty <laughs> and declared or something. Do you remember
2: like that? where you were when that game happened?
1: Yeah, uh, when was it? 2003. 03. Was it a Rugby World Cup going on at that time? It was
2: October, so it could, yeah. could have been.
1: 2003. I I remember seeing it and then dipping in and out of it, and then you hear, oh, he's getting close, he's getting close. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll switch over. Switch and, over. Yeah, I remember him just crushing balls for fun down the hill, down, down, the ground at the whack of the short boundary there. Yeah. He was just monstering. I ball. reckon I went and watched Godzilla – at the film, at the movies.
2: <laughs> and I remember going in there and he was like 120 yeah. and we came out, you know, two and a half hours later and he was still batting. Yeah. I go, this guy must be in on nearly 300 and he nearly was. And it was just uh,
1: amazing. And you saw the cricketing version of Godzilla, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Poor yeah. old Zimbabwe. Yeah. Um, a couple other honourable mentions for myself. Uh, 2006 when Steve Harmison... Bowled mm. that ball to open <laughs> the, yep. the, the, the Ashes Test. And Australia won by 277. Ricky Ponting with a near double ton and Glenn McGrath just cutting a swathe through them. Also, India in 2020. India's going to focus, uh, going to feature a couple of times on my, so I couldn't fit this one in. But yep. when they were bowled out for 36 mm. at Adelaide Oval, Australia won by eight wickets in the pink ball test yeah. and didn't win the series. I know. That was that series.
2: Yeah. Coley left. That was the only game he played in the series.
1: Kohli yeah. left. And they came um, back and won. Josh Hayes would five for eight in that game. And they came back and won the series with their almost second 11. Yeah. As well, up at the Gabba with Richard Pant's amazing innings. But yeah, that one gets an honorable mention. Some of your mentions?
2: Well, I've actually got the last few mentions are actually in my top five. So, okay. <laughs> that's quite interesting. That that just shows there's a lot to pick from. 2010-11, it was a draw at the Gabba, the first game of the Ashes series there. It was a Peter Siddle hat trick. That's right. Uh, I was yeah. actually at that game, and I reckon I missed fifteen overs of the entire series. I went to the every game of every of, of uh, every game of that series, yeah. and of those fifteen overs, was Peter Siddle's hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> That was about the only bright spot for Australia <laughs> in that
1: whole series. That <laughs> was the
2: one where Alistair Cook scored yeah, 700 a million runs. odd runs. Yeah, they won for 517 in reply. It was like, it was nuts. What?
1: For the Barmy Army was, was going
2: ballistic. That, oh, it was, that, yeah, that would was have been cook. the
1: best Barmy Army tour to be on, I
2: oh, reckon. it was great. At the end of it, you wanted to be part of it because yeah, it that was the last time they won. So that was an honourable mention for me. There was, I mean, there's heaps. The 2019 South Africa game. 2016. Sorry, mm. uh, they played at the Wacker yep. to start the summer, and Australia were in real control. And then, and Dale Steyn got hurt, but then South Africa fought back. Elgar got a hundred. JP Duminy continued his good run against Australia. Rabada took five wickets in the second innings, and Australia lost the series. And that was like the start of. Uh, the big turnover of Australian cricket because they'd lost in Sri Lanka. Yep. They lose the first two tests of that series, lose the series, go to Hobart, get rolled for 85, lose. And then the day-night tests in 2016 is when they brought in Hanscom, Renshaw, uh, Jackson Bird came in the team, Nick Madsen, Debood, Pete Neville out, Matt Wade in. So it was kind yeah. of the start of that, the sort of Steve Smith era of captaincy. So that was just a great test match. Australia lost it, but it was a great test.
1: Well, let's go through the top
2: five, shall we? Yeah, let's do um, it. Are you in order? Yeah, I'll go You've five, ranked yours.
1: five down to one? Yeah. Let's yeah, do that. Yeah. Okay. And again, let us know on social media if we've got this horribly wrong and, and your favorite memory. And we want the memories where maybe there's something extra, a bit of significance, yeah. personal significance yeah. to it as well, something you took out of it. It can be as bogan as having a bet on someone to score a ton <laughs> or it can be something beautiful like, oh, I remember I I went and watched the, the, the someone score a ton and I got that excited that I decided there and then that I was going to propose to my partner or something <laughs> like that. So give us something like that if you can. Best story, please. That'd be great. Best yeah. stories. Number five for me, I'm going to go back to 96, year I finished school actually. Wow.
2: I forgot. Listeners should know that you are considerably older than me so you've mm. got a better memory of those. Well, pre- I, only, three, I only put this in games. because
1: West Indies – have been a rabble pretty much ever since. But they yeah. this series they came out with, they still had Ian Bishop, Curtly Ambrose, Courtney Walsh, yeah. part of their attack. And I, I put this in, Australia won by 123 runs because it, it felt like it was the beginning of... Then like a couple of years later, it becomes the Steve Waugh side and we start winning test matches 16 on the bounce. Yeah, yeah. But then it was like in and out of form kind of, yeah. We had Warney developing. But Ian Healy, I want to give him a mention. Yeah. He's, he scored a couple of tons in the first test of the summer. And I reckon he, because Gilly came after him, mm. he's totally underestimated, not as a gloveman, especially with the people in, you know, yeah. but as a batter. Yeah. 161 not out in that particular game, so that's my number five.
2: Definitely underrated, great Test match, and you're mm-hmm. right about the bowling attack. It wasn't Courtney Walsh who had to bowl the ball in from the boundary because his shoulder was cooked. He was still bowling pretty well at that point, so yeah, amazing attack. And yeah, Ian Healy certainly underrated as a batter. I mean, mm-hmm. Rod Marsh was kind of the pioneer of Aussie Test wicketkeeper batters, and then it was certainly Ian Healy. And then you're right, um, actually, that 99 Test match was probably another um, honourable mention. When Gilly debuted uh, and got 80 pretty quick time, warning, he got 86. Mm. Uh, and we were talking about farewell tests with day one. Ian Healy didn't get a farewell test at his uh-huh. home ground. That would have been a nice way to sign off. Yeah. But yeah. didn't happen. Uh, number five for me was, again, not the greatest test match, but it was 2004. Mm. Because this was the day that test cricket died when. Oh. Glenn McGrath and Jason Gillespie put on 114 for the 10th wicket. (laughs) Dizzy's riding the bat. Glenn McGrath gets 50. (laughs) He's hitting Dan Vittori for sixes. Oh, man. Also in that game. uh, We felt so bad for Dan Vittori, (laughs) we employed him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Michael Clarke and his first test match in Australian saw scores 100. Gilly gets 100 as well. But just for that, (laughs) I I remember remember everyone talking about it. it's just, it's just great to hear yeah. those two talk about it. That one will ever, forever stick in my mind. And the great vision of Panter and Gilly watching on from the viewing room with their gabba, like <laughs> astonished <laughs> by what was happening.
1: <laughs> That's my number five. Yes, cricket died. Yeah. Number four. Uh, I'll go ten years ago, pretty much not to the day, but it was a little bit before. But yep. uh, Australia crushing England by three hundred and eighty-one and. Has significance because it set up what was to come throughout the whole series, and it was just a complete obliteration. Our our mate Hads, poor old Hads, ninety four um, Warner and Clark turn up Johnson, sign of things to come, yeah. and Michael Clark um, advising James Anderson to maybe wear an arm arm guard <laughs> as well. So yeah, uh, that that was a complete and utter humiliation, and as mentioned, it flowed on for the four test matches to follow. So that was my number four
2: good pick good pick number four for me was 2020 you mentioned it earlier about india getting enrolled for 36 yep that was the last test match i worked for at cricket australia mm-hmm. like, like actually being there and such was the game it was covered so you got to remember that as well oh
1: everyone walking around with freaking you know the full yeah
2: hazmat suits hazmat suits yeah and everything it was full on had to get your temperature checked twice a day like it was it was massive um Everyone had to be spaced out, so there's no spot for old CA, Jerno, Sam. I was actually watching the game from the Port Power dressing rooms. What? There are no windows, so I've watched most of the game so on the went, TV.
1: You went to Adelaide?
2: Yeah, and watched it in the Port to Power. The game,
1: yeah. To and go we, to the game? And because we
2: were in the bubble, well, I wasn't allowed to sit with the other media. I was in like oh. the team bubble, so I had to go and be isolated. Couldn't
1: they put you up at the top of the grandstand or something like that
2: so you could actually watch it? Up on the roof. Should have done. Yeah. Would have a better view, but you could hear, because there's the delay on the TV, yeah. when that procession of wickets started in the second innings, uh, you're like, There's gonna be another one here. Yeah. Like, it can't be another one. So then you know, I had to go out in the player race and outdoors and it was okay and watch the um watch it all unfold. But I remember speaking to Josh Hayeswood afterward. And apparently he was counting his wickets compared to runs. he was like going, yep, four for three boys. (laughs) And then there was a streaky boundary, I think, and it screwed his figures up. But uh, you just don't see teams get rolled for 36. I wasn't there in 2011 for the 47 uh, over in um, in South Africa. But this was just – they just nicked everything. It was like uh, Trent Bridge in 2015 rolled for 60. Uh, They just nicked everything. Pink ball – they didn't even take 10 wickets because I think it was Shammy had a busted arm. Cummins yeah. broke his arm. So, uh, yeah, remarkable. And Joey Burns was under heaps of pressure. Came out, got a pretty quick 50. and um,
1: But then, as you said, lost the series. One of the great touring performances of all time to come back from that. Amazing. Maybe, to win Amazing. the series from yep. India, so all credit to yeah. them. Uh, number three for me, I'm going to go back to 2001, actually, in a Kiwi test. Oh, yeah. So, this was... A draw. Yeah. I think it's the only draw I've got on my list. Um, but it was an, an incredible draw. I mm. remember watching this one, edge of seat stuff, final day. Yeah. Uh, Gabba and New Zealand. It was a sporting declaration, put it that way. It was. It was. A little bait put in front of it, and I love that. Um, doesn't happen often enough in test cricket. New Zealand needed 284, and they chased it down. They got to six for 274. And this was a Kiwi side that was facing Lee McGrath-Gillespie-Warn. Yeah. As part of the Australian attack. Yep. And it ended in a draw 10 runs short, but yeah, wow, what an exciting finish. And that's when you feel truly invigorated watching Test cricket when you see things like that at the end of five days. Sporting declarations, more
2: of it. It was great, made a game yep. of it. I remember that one for Hados and Langer. It was like, right, this is the behemoth. They got a double hundred partnership to mm. open the innings. I think they did it in the next Test match as well. Both turned up, Gilchrist got a hundred, uh, but... Just fell short. I mean, it might have been a few red faces had the game gone the other way and New Zealand won, but mm. it would have been great for Test cricket and
1: you need those close yeah. finishes. As we
2: said, there's not a whole lot of close games on here. That was one of them.
1: No, definitely. You number three? Number three
2: for me was 2006-07, uh, Gabba, the first Test match of the Ashes. Uh, NASA sending Australia in <laughs> <laughs> will never be forgotten.
1: Wow. How many times <laughs> yeah. do you reckon NASA is oh. gets… We've got to get him on this podcast. Yeah. I love his commentary. And, He's the best. Yeah, uh, yeah. How many? I wonder how many. Every time an Ashes comes around Absolutely. in Australia, he gets mentioned.
2: I reckon almost every second or third time Ricky Ponting sees him, Far out. <laughs> uh, just that. And then you know Hayden coming out and getting one ninety-seven, and then getting one hundred and three. But what really sticks in my mind, it was on the opening day with Simon Jones. His injury. on oh, in the outfield. Yeah, sliding in these and he got caught and that was him for that. And we saw what an impact he had in 2005. That series might have been completely different had Jones not get injured. Yeah. But he did, Australia went on, smashed him 5-0 in the revenge series from 2005. Yep. Yeah, it was just really disheartening. But, you know, the whole there's not the whole story about Troy Cooler, he was with England in 2005, mm-hmm. came to the Australian team, he's in the viewing room saying... Don't be surprised if this ball goes a second slip. And sure enough, it went straight to him. And there's that big thing that uh, they want to get the ball in Freddie Flintoff's hands as quick as possible. will and bowl it to him, the first <laughs> oh, ball. Um, great test. Just uh, dominance, but the Jones
1: injury and um, and that toss result. Yeah. stick in my mind forever. Number two, I've gone back to Adelaide Oval, back to an Australia-India contest. And yes, India fans, I'm going to mention this one. You win by 31 runs again. Yeah like i'm basing my top 3 or 4 on on ones that go down to the last hour on the last day and yeah. this one did as well. well yeah it was a really close finish india by 31 runs um, pajara uh, 123 nathan Lyon did everything he could took a six for yeah. um nearly nearly won it with the bat for australia after the the, the top and middle order didn't do much yeah. um but in the end, India got it by 31 runs. Great test match.
2: Great test match. So I think the last three or four Australian wickets in that run chase put on
1: 30 each. Yeah.
2: Just getting a little bit closer to the target, but couldn't quite get there in the end. That Pujar innings, one of the great innings, but the run out, I think it was at the end of the first day or second day where Cummins is footed at mid-on and jumped mid-air and slung it um, underneath mm. him and hit the top of the bails. Just one of the great runners, not not respected enough. One of the great run outs, uh, but any foreign win often takes a lot. And yeah. that one, everything clicked for India and it was a great result. Number two for you? Number two was thirteen, fourteen Ashes at yep. the Gabba. I was there again and I was next to the England player race when Mitch Johnson went Burko. <laughs> so the, the procession of England batters walking out and walking back in, it was something I've never experienced. And just the the vacant numb looks on the England batters as they walked back into the dressing room. They did not want to be there and the crowd was heaving, giving it to them. It was that real gladiatorial amphitheater yeah, yeah. kind of stuff and you just don't forget that kind of stuff. It was, uh, it was awesome. And then the whole broken fucking arm thing at the end. Yeah. The theatre of it, we've had Shane Watson talk about it and Chris Rogers talk about it, how you could feel the whole country was behind that team. Yep basically from that test match everyone was around them and everyone was behind Michael Clark, who is a divisive character mm. and a captain but it felt like he was just going to stand front in front of England and say, you know what, you want to have a go at us, yeah, bring yeah. it on. It was awesome. Number
1: one, yeah, I think we share. We've got the same one. Yeah, don't we? Yeah. India, 2014, Adelaide Oval, uh, Australia win an amazing test match. Yeah. So two of the best batters of the modern era, David Warner, Verrick Coley, not only score a century each, but scored two centuries yeah. each. Yeah. Nathan Lyon, 12 wickets, and like, trying to bowl Australia uh, to victory in the last days. Steve Smith chimed in with a, a ton as well, and, and Michael Clark. But it, it was more than that, wasn't it? Because yeah. it was two weeks after the passing of Phil Hughes.
2: Yeah, just amazing. They got a game on, really. Uh, you could tell the players probably weren't the right headspace to play, but... Well done to them, to the Indian team, to all the Mm. fans that came out. Um, I mean, I don't advocate strong betting, but you could bet your house on Michael Clark getting 100 in that game. His hamstring was nowhere near attached to his leg, but he still Mm. played, came out there and played an incredible innings, didn't bat in the second innings, as we said, had um, captained Australia to victory on that last day. Uh, But the emotion around it, having that 408, uh, on the ground and the players walking over to it when they celebrated a milestone. And when they won the game, they ran over to well, it. Well, Hads
1: took off yeah, straight to that 408 that yeah. was on the on the ground. And there's an amazing photo about, oh, it's probably about eight hours later. I don't know if he was still in the ground filing <laughs> at that time. <laughs> I wasn't but there then, yeah. They, they went out and had the team sung the t- – don't know if they te- sung the team song. Hads can confirm this, and we'll we'll talk to Hads about it when he when he gets back in to talk about his favourite first test because he's played a few of them. Yeah, but uh, they sung that the, they were out there around the the zero and the four oh eight, and it was an amazing photo and um, tragic circumstances. But uh, Australian cricket phew, just brought it together.
2: It did, it did, and you know Nathan Lyon in that final innings didn't have a lot of success for the first half. He bowled forty odd overs, I think, but ended up taking seven far and getting the big wicket at Coley, caught Mitch Marsh on the boundary. It was, uh, in the last wicket, I think it was Ishan Sharma bowled yeah. behind his legs and then they all took off. So, yeah, extremely emotional and just a great test match, you know. Yeah. Put that aside, it was a, a thrilling game and good pitch and, uh, yeah, it means 10 years next year since that happened. Yeah. So, it's… Um, it's, a lot's happened.
1: So there, that was our top five and honorable mentions. So let us know via social media. And you, um, Sammy, you organize all this. I could sure. do it. But um, yep. what are we, just on Instagram and, and all of those? And, Instagram, um,
2: TikTok, TikTok. Uh, at Willow Podcast, Willow Podcast Cricket? Yeah.
1: Willow Talk. Willow Talk. That's Willow Talk. It's, that's, on it's on the walls here. here. Yeah. Sorry, I'm
2: getting more confused. Uh, yeah, we'll put it out there. We want to hear what you think because everyone's got an opinion there's no right or wrong answers here
1: I will mention as well just a late honourable mention uh, back in 1999 at the Gabba when Australia won by 10 wickets and uh, it was the debut actually of of Adam Gilchrist and Michael Slade 169 and Mark Wall still going around then with a a ton and Pakistan's 26 no balls in one of the innings (laughs) I just mentioned that. Put that in there. And leave it there. Yes. <laughs> I won't go down any other path other than to say they bowled 26 no balls in one innings. Well, we'll have to get
2: Hazard's thoughts on the 2010 SCG test. Bit happening in that game from memory. Mm. Uh Scott Muller also debuted in that game of the yep. of the can't bowl, can't throw
1: fame. Um Well, they got to Hobart and that's when it all yep. went down, wasn't it? Because that was that test, wasn't it? It was I saw the highlights of it one day. Where was he it, said it. It was in Hobart, allegedly where yeah. someone said it, it was the Hobart the test, but that was the one where Gillian, um, JL. Gillian Justin Langer got a sign, but that's not a first test, so that's no, not that's included. Not.
2: That's the, the other thing, talking about debuts, because you've got Gil, Chris and Muller there, mm. the 2011 game was mm. the debuts of and Stark and Warner. So that's another significant yeah. first test of the summer. Beat New Zealand in that game, then we went to Hobart and then lost. So, uh, and Dave Warner
1: scored his maiden ton and Stark So a Sorry, we're going off track here. We yeah. had Hazelwood debut. Paddy debuted 20, in twenty eleven as well.
2: I reckon he was at that, that India series twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen,
1: yeah, would be my
2: my guess.
1: Then it was really once Paddy came back in. It wasn't until twenty seventeen eighteen that they started bowling consistently together. And six years later, they they now are with Nathan Lyon, the Big Four. And you wonder how much. So again, like you look at it and go, oh, the Test series is Pakistan are expected thrash them. Windies, what are they anymore? What about just enjoy it mainly from an Australian perspective? About how long are we going to get to see this oh. bowling unit together? I Running saw, out of time. So
2: I saw someone put up this that like, what's Australia's best fast bowling trio? You've got Stark, Cummins, and Hazlewood right now. Lee Gillespie McGrath, obviously one of the greats. You go back. to didn't play the Walker, amount of,
1: Sorry, keep going. Thompson, Thompson Walker, Walker and uh, Lily, you know, Lily, yeah. and then you've got
2: McDermott Hughes and uh, Reed or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: The, the, the legal SB McGraw one, they didn't play a stack of test cricket together. 16, I reckon.
2: Yeah. They, yeah.
1: they took a stack of wickets. Yeah. But invariably, one was out of the team. One was it like Michael Kasperis was heavily used yeah. in that period. Andy Bichel as well. <laughs> yeah. Andy
2: Bickle was… Injuries. Like, yeah. Of course. Maybe 16 with… It might have been 16 with the Warney's big four war. with Warnie as well. Yeah. Perhaps they played a few more without Warnie in the team. But uh, yeah. I mean, how, do you, how do you separate them?
1: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, the test series and we'll get the thoughts of Elisa when we can get hold of her. Yeah. But she's a little bit busy preparing for she's, the test series herself, a test herself or, a, or a series herself over in India and Hads will be about when he's not he's everywhere. privately flying around the country. Do you want me
2: to tell his story? He's got his one story. I mean, I, I know it off by yeah. heart by now, you
1: know. or well, Is, is the, he okay for you to I don't tell the story?
2: I don't know. I'm sure he's… Everyone's heard it. Yeah, you know, had a team meeting before the semi-final against South Africa. I said, mm-hmm. "How are we going to bowl these guys?" Matt Hayden said, "Don't worry, just walk down the wicket and smack Sean Pollock over his head." There you yeah. go. That's it. Yeah, that's his one story.
1: And that's the team news. <laughs> that's the team. that's the that's the team um, meetings that they've been having with Travis Head. Yeah, They're, yeah, just you, walk down the, the wicket over, over his head. Easy. Top of off bowl there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Sammy, thank you for that. Thank you, mate. We'll be back uh, next week, and we'll be tapping into the mind of Travis Head throughout. Summer, mm-hmm. um, recapping each day of the Test summer as well on Willow Talk with the crew that's going to be at the ground. so yep. it's it. You're going to hear some different voices, but you're going to hear some voices that are going to be watching some cricket and all over what you're about to see. So yep. you won't miss a thing. You, you if you're out at work or you get family gatherings and you can't catch a day of the Test. This is the perfect place to go to recap everything that's happened and we're going to be back with Travis Head next week to recap the first test at some stage whenever that recap happens. So, yeah, Sammy, thanks for that. Enjoy the first test. (laughs) Good advice. See everyone. That was Willow Talk. Travis Head, thanks to
0: QuickBooks Online. Hit your business goals for six and save 29 hours of admin a month. Search QuickBooks Online today.